Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. It's very difficult when I'm trying to decide what I'm going to talk about uh, to keep Trump out of the picture. I, I did this on one show, and I still ended up throwing three points in I wanted to discuss about him. The man is dominating not only our national news, he dominates the world news. So if I have a bit too much of Trump tonight, there's no way to avoid it. However, it is not total Trump. I, I want to start with uh, something that might be described as a medical item. In fact, the first two items I'm going to talk about tonight involve uh, medicine. Uh, and it's the O-Shot, O-Shot. And it's new. It's been around for a year in England. Uh, certain doctors have become specialists in it. And I, one doctor did 2,000 patients last year. And it's strictly for women, this O shot. And the reason I want to bring it to the attention of the ladies who listen to this show is that when Viagra first came out, I thought, how terrible this is. It's good for men, but it, the women have nothing. Then they came out with some sort of a pill for women, and uh, from what my lady friends have told me, it didn't seem to do too much for them. So they've been sitting around waiting for something that, with all due respect, uh, will give them a big bang. That's terrible what I just said, but you understand. And so now what they have in England is the O-Shot, and it claims to give women better orgasms, claims to increase and rejuvenate their sex lives, and it's all done through an injection. And this is helping. This is helping women, and helping is the key term here. It is helping women who have never experienced an orgasm or those who have difficulty achieving an orgasm during intercourse. Now, it's really an abbreviation, O-Shot, for the orgasm shot the orgasm shot. It is non-surgical, done in a doctor's office, takes all of 45 minutes, and is guaranteed to increase sexual arousal. Now, it's a shot, an injection, and here's how it works. The doctor first takes blood from the patient's arm, from the woman's arm. He needs the platelets, okay? He puts the platelets in a special centrifuge which produces high-quality platelet-rich plasma. Platelet-rich plasma. This platelet-rich plasma is key to the whole thing. The the platelet-rich plasma is then injected into the vagina walls, the G-spot, the labia, and the clitoris. And And these shots are painless, they say. Merely by doing that, it will increase almost automatically the blood flow to these areas. That's the key to all of this, the blood flow to these areas. By increasing the blood flow, for whatever reason, it gives a big orgasm. It's like 97% of the world, world, 97% of the women in England have found this to be a successful procedure. So if you want a better orgasm, get on the Internet and see when and if ever it's going to be provided here in the United States. 
The second item I want to talk about involving the medical field is called patient dumping. Patient dumping, also known as hospital dumping. This shocks me, and it should shock you unless you're already aware of it. Uh, I'm not naive, but I would not believe a hospital would do this. The University of Maryland Medical Center, Baltimore, University of Maryland Medical Center, Baltimore, had a patient, 22-year-old girl. And one night, recently, this is last week, they've had big-time snow and low uh, temperatures last week in the Baltimore area. On a snowy, cold, drizzly night, in a wheelchair, four security officers took this 22-year-old out into the cold, walked her to a bus stop, and sat her on the bench, took her on the wheelchair, sat her on the bench. All she was wearing was a thin hospital gown and sacks. Thin hospital gown and sacks. Socks. Well, the important thing for her was that she was very lucky. God was looking out for her. There was a good Samaritan, a physiotherapist whose office was across the street in another building, was just leaving from work. And he saw this occurring. So he immediately took out his cell phone and uh, videoed the entire situation. He went up to the, the security officers, what are you doing, take her in? They said, no, she, we can't take her in. This is what we must do. This is what we're instructed to do. Uh, he raised hell. It didn't make any difference. So he called 911. And the police came. And the police were finally able to induce the hospital to take the woman back in. Understand. She was not being thrown out, <clears throat> excuse me, of the emergency room. She was being thrown out from a hospital bed, a hospital room, hospital bed. They can't throw you out of the emergency room, but they they got to provide care there uh, by law. But they don't have to provide care if they want to get rid of you from your hospital bed. And this is what they did. Uh, now, this is common practice, I've learned. I did a little digging, and this is happening all over the United States. And, boy, I hope there are a lot of good Samaritans who will take their cell phones out. And just like when we had the wave of the police officers shooting blacks, let's get it all down, document, and do something about it. The patients who are being thrown out are generally homeless, mentally ill, or both. Okay? The next day, the hospital administrator said, and I quote, we take full responsibility for the failure. It was an isolated incident. I, I don't believe that's correct, but whatever, this is what's happening. I think it's absolutely deplorable. And what it really is, it calls for Medicare for everyone in this country. Medicare works. Why we don't have universal health care uh, consistent with me what Medicare in this country is today, I don't know probably because the insurance company lobbyists are very powerful and don't want to lose what they have. But we need it here. I think medical care is a right. I've come to that point in my life, maybe because I'm old and I'm sick all the time. I can afford my own medical care. I can afford the, the uh, coverages involved after Medicare. But some people can't. Apparently a lot can't, and I think it's wrong. It's grotesque that in this country we do not have universal health care like every other industrial nation in the world. We are the only industrial nation without universal health care.
another item that's quasi-medical, okay? Puerto Rico. Trump should be ashamed that he didn't do what he was supposed to do in in, uh, Puerto Rico following Maria. Irma and Maria hit Puerto Rico hard. Now, why he couldn't take care of them like he took care of Texas and other parts of this country immediately and big time, I don't understand because they're American citizens too. They may not be a state, but we own the place. They're our people. These are citizens. I've come to the conclusion, especially in light of what's gone on the last few days with the shithole countries, that he's a bigot. He's a racist. Our president is a racist and bigot. And uh, that's probably why he didn't help them uh, to any significant degree, because I've, I've been to Puerto Rico on vacation. I once spent 10 there, days there in my capacity as an environmental attorney handling a significant water problem for a major hotel. Uh, they're tan. Puerto Ricans are tan or black. Very few white Puerto Ricans. And that could very well be why Trump did not give them the help they were entitled to. Anyhow, he didn't know what was going to happen because something bad happened, something worse could be a result of that bad situation. And here's what occurred in Puerto Rico. Do you know that the company that manufactures, produces, Saline situa- uh, saline solution bags, you know, you need to be rehydrated. They stick the needle in your arm, they hang the bag on the post, and the water drips into you, and the saline solution uh, drips into you. Well, guess where it's made? In Puerto Rico. They supply the United States with that stuff, all right? The company is in production again, but nowhere what is needed and required and what they were doing before. Uh, They had to wait a long time for power. They got power, but things are still down in the plant. They're doing the best they can, but it'll be at least two years before they're producing what they used to produce. In the meantime, we are into the flu season, big time. I mean, it's big down here. I talk to people in New York. They tell me everyone's coming down with the flu also. One of the things you do immediately when you're in the hospital and you get a flu victim, whether in the emergency room or in the hospital room itself, is you rehydrate them. You stick the tube in their arm, you hang the bag on whatever it's hung on the stand, and you start putting saline saline solution into their body. Can't do it. Don't have the bags. Would you believe this? Have you heard of this? Now, What are the hospitals doing? Because they know they must do something, and they are improvising, and it's working, but it's it's so far afield from the saline solution. What they're using is Gatorade. Gatorade is the substitute. Now, if the patient can drink it, that takes care of the problem. They load them up on Gatorade. But many of those who have the flu or sick and need the saline solution cannot drink. They're not capable of getting it down. So how do they rehydrate them? How do they get the saline solution in their body? They use a feeding tube, okay, directly into the stomach or small intestines. How gross. And all this happens because of the hurricane first, but then I believe uh, this is one of the fall-offs 
the president's failure to do what was necessary to help the Puerto Rican people and their businesses uh, come back more swiftly. It's going to take years down there for everything. Now I'm moving over to Donald Trump. Shithole countries. Boy, he wishes he never said this, I'm sure. Uh, First, let me say something in his defense, and I rarely say anything in Trump's defense. I'm anti-Trump. I was anti-Trump in the primaries. I was anti-Trump during the campaigns. I'm anti-Trump now. I thought he was mentally demented back then. I still do. Uh, I, I thought the man lacked character. Uh, He did not possess whatever the necessary qualifications are to be president, and I believe he has proven it every day this past year. Okay, he's a racist. He's a bigot. No question about it. Uh, He's done things in the past that are anti-black. In addition to Puerto Rico, which I don't blame him for because he's a bigot, uh, what did he do here? Uh, I think that everyone in that room should have kept their mouth shut. The President of the United States, in a private meeting in the Oval Office with several legislators and staff members, has the right to privacy. Anyone in that room can say what they think to him, and he can say what he thinks uh, to the legislators. That's the way it should be. What do you do? You you leave the room and you spill the beans that he used these terrible words? I I think Senator Durbin's a great legislator, but I think he made a mistake. They blew this thing up. I don't even think it was a political reason. It was inadvertent on his part. He was just pissed off. That's all. Uh, But I think the president was entitled, and I don't like our president. He was entitled to privacy in this instance. Be that as it may, he's still a racist and a bigot. You know, He's an authoritarian figure. He's an authoritarian today. Tomorrow he can be a totalitarian, and that would bother me very much. Also, he's Nordic. He says, we've got to bring these people in from Norway. He wants to bring white people in. He's an Aryan. <laughs> Who else was an Aryan? Hitler. He wanted Aryans. You know, good-looking white men, blonde hair, all that sort of thing. He didn't want black people. Uh, democracy, as we used to understand it, or at least as I understood it, is being tested today as never before under this man. Okay, now, some other things about this meeting last Thursday where this shithole country's uh, comment came up. Certain senators were witness to this thing. Some were Republicans. Uh Some of them are lying today about whether the statement was made, those words were used. And that bothers me. And I'm talking specifically about Senator Cotton, Senator Perdue. By the way, the alt-right, the far right, wants Cotton to run for president someday. This is his first term. He's only been down there two years. He's a big shot already. He's about 37 years old, I think. Uh, You know, Annapolis, a West Point grad, Navy pilot, good war record. Uh, Everyone loves him because he's to the far right. He got a ton of money, millions of dollars to help him in his election campaign. The amount of money he got was disgraceful as more than most other senatorial candidates. So what does he say? He and the both of these guys, uh, Cotton and Purdue, on th- this happened Thursday. On Friday, they said, "Oh, uh, uh, I, 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 I'm not sure. I can't quite remember." Comes Monday, they go before the TV cameras again, and they say, "The president definitely did not say this." What horseshit! They're lying. 
United States senators lying about a conversation. Well, maybe that's what we we can expect today. Uh, And then there were other people in that room, like from the House of Representatives, Majority Leader McCarthy. He says the president didn't say it. He's another liar because you've got Senator Graham, a Republican, who by his comments has indicated without question the president said this also. And there also was in there the Secretary of Homeland Security. I can't remember her name, a woman. She was on TV today. They had a hearing uh, before the Ju- or Judiciary Committee, I believe. And she was questioned. And she says, you know, no, no, there's a lot of swearing. She says, I don't recall. I never heard the president say, uh, you know, these words, uh, shithole countries. And she took a beating. Corker nailed her to the wall, Senator Corker from New Jersey. And, of course, Senator Durbin sat there, and he was trying to get her to tell the truth. But she's a Trump appointee, and she danced around. Everybody dances today. Sessions, the attorney general, he goes before a committee, he dances. Nobody speaks the truth. These people are great examples for our children who watch TV all day also. Martin Luther King. Ironically, yesterday was his day, uh, and the Republican, I'm sorry, the president yesterday, it, got, it turned my stomach, actually, to watch Trump yesterday give that great speech about Martin Luther King and how we should treat people of color, et cetera, et cetera, uh, when two or three days before, uh, he obviously was a bigot uh, when he spoke of uh shithole countries, Haiti, and Africa. Africa's one of the fastest growing places in the world, my friends. Uh, They are going to be a significant continent in 25 years. Significant. With all the battles they have, with all the wars they have, they're still growing. You know, they've got their shoulder to the wheel. They're moving. Anyhow, Martin Luther King said some things here, because I like people to tell the truth. When it's necessary to tell the truth, speak the truth. And these Republican senators, the Secretary of Homeland Security, the majority leader in the House, they're not speaking the truth. So let me share a few of Martin Luther King's comments with you about people who don't tell the truth, don't speak up when they should speak up, etc. I have a dream that one day little black boys and girls will hold hands, etc. That's not the truth. The one I was looking at, I'm sorry, I read the wrong one. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Another one, the appalling silence of good people. How's that? The appalling silence of good people. Another one, there comes a time when silence is betrayal. There comes a time when silence is betrayal. This one, stand for something or you stand for nothing. Strength, stand for something or you stand for nothing. And finally, one that hits the situation right between the eyes, be active now or be compliant and complicit. Be active now or become or be compliant and complicit. They, uh, Trump, and his key cohorts uh, should not only get up and say Martin Luther King was a wonderful guy, et cetera, that's his presidential responsibility on Martin Luther King Day, but they should believe in his words if they're going to honor him. 
One more thing about the shithole, quote, uh, those two words, shithole countries. Uh, and this I read today. And this doesn't surprise me because this is Trump's base. It w- the alt-right, alt-right loves Trump more than ever, I read this morning. They hate immigrants. And what he did supports their position. Isn't that amazing? They hate immigrants, and he's kept them in line now and made them happy because he's called the colored people, in effect, shit bums or shitholes, whatever it's going to be. And he's doing this in defense of immigration. He doesn't want those kind of people. I hate it when I hear people say those kind of people, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Isn't that amazing? So the evangelicals, the far right, the alt right, they're thrilled with him. Uh, I, w- I don't know. I hope this guy loses the next time. I hope he gets impeached. I don't know how the hell he's missing the ball so, so far. Moving on. I want to talk about Trump once more. <laughs> okay, stay with me. A couple items more I've got in him. I've said he's a racist. I've said he's a bigot. I'm 82 years old. In my experience during my lifetime, I have run into many bigots. And the strange thing I have noticed about each of them, each of them, is they don't know a bit. They're bigots. A bigot does not know he or she is a bigot. Believe me, the next time you run into one, study them from this perspective. A bigot does not know they're a bigot. They think if it's the black people that they're a bigot with regard to that they've done the best in their lifetime to help protect and lift up the black population. Look at Sessions when he was uh, before the Judiciary Committee to get approval for the Attorney General position. I mean, he brought a black man in to testify on his behalf, and he said, I've known the uh, Mr. Sessions his whole life, and he's such a wonderful man. He took good care of me. Bullshit. Sessions, you can see, is a bigot, a bigot from Alabama. He's another more. Maybe not as bad, but you know, it doesn't take much to uh, be bad when you're a bigot. So they don't know they're bigots, and there ain't nothing you can do for them. Let me talk about Trump and Medicaid briefly here. Uh, two weeks ago, Trump said that, because he's trying to destroy Obamacare, you know, and I know, he's eating away at it. And he issued an executive order, or he had the Department of Health and Education, et cetera, issue an order that from that day forward, with regard to Medicaid, okay, the states could impose a work requirement on a recipient of Medicaid. The states could impose a work requirement. Now, understand, people who are on Medicaid are poor. They're broke. They have no money. This affects children, too. But the states don't like having to pay for it. They have to pay part of the action here. And uh, now they can get rid of it. And all they have to do, what they did, was impose a work requirement. If you're not working, you don't qualify for Medicaid. Well, hell, if most of these people were working, they could afford to pay for their own insurance, as I do and as most of you do. But they're not working. They're not, they can't work. Uh, so here's the thing. they either got to be working training for a job, or volunteering for something. There are exceptions. Medically frail people. 
I'll tell you right now, every state's going to interpret that medically frail so the people don't qualify for the exemption, and pregnant women. One state thus far has said, we're going to impose the working requirement. I think it's Kentucky. I could be wrong. But many others will do it, those states which are basically conservative. And to the far right. I want to talk about prisons for a moment. Private prisons. Trump wants private prisons. You know, privatize the prisons, which means uh, a corporation, a private corporation will run the prisons and they enter into contract with the federal government. The federal government agrees to pay the next dollars uh, a year per inmate, et cetera, et cetera. Now, they start, we started doing this under Obama. Obama saw it was not working. There's a lot of fraud involved uh, to extremes, and I'll share them quickly with you in a moment. But Obama would said just before, I think in December, early December, he said, we are not going to do more contract work with private prisons. We're going back to running our own prisons. And as these contracts run out, we will not renew them with them or any other private uh, for-profit prison. Number one, there's corruption. Where's the corruption? Well, four years ago, five years ago, I wrote an interesting article for a local newspaper, Conic Life, on two judges, who, family court judges, it was either New Jersey or Pennsylvania, and they took care of kids. And all of a sudden, for four years under these two judges, more and more kids were being sent to juvenile detention centers. Uh, one girl, straight-A student, 12 years old, talked back to a teacher four days. What do you say? That you're stupid to send them to jail for four days. And that's what they did. And all of a sudden, somebody says, there's too many going. Too, these numbers are too big. The judges had each made over a million dollars in those four years off this. They were tried, convicted, and both are doing 20 years. They should do life. That's the kind of corruption you get. And they're not taking care of cancer patients in the hospital. They're not giving women mammograms who have masses that are showing in their breasts. They're getting the cure cancer pain. They're giving them a leave, okay? One guy died because he was, un- he was not treated for cancer. Uh, it's just a disgusting situation. The federal court said uh, in Arizona, uh, with the co- I think it's the College and Correctional um, Institution, a jail, that you guys, they said this in 15, 2015, you guys better start providing proper medical care. The Supreme Court said a few years ago, they're entitled to the best possible medical care, and they haven't. And now the courts called them back in, and the judge says, move your ass, guys, do it right, or there's going to be trouble, and that is where that stands. But it's a bad situation. We should not privatize. And watch out. Trump's talking about privatizing our highways. I've seen how it works in Italy. It will not be good. I want to talk the last item here about one of the great philosophers uh, in our country. Great philosopher. Remember Forrest Gump? Forrest Gump. He said, stupid is as stupid does. Stupid is as stupid does. Now, Forrest Gump may have looked stupid, uh, but he won the Congressional Medal of Honor. He ran 100 yards in a college football game for a touchdown, and he ran a successful shrimp fishing business. Uh, now, let me apply this here. It was a recent, recent study said that the people of Florida have the fourth weakest credit in the United States, fourth weakest credit. 
We have the highest rate of mortgage delinquencies. We have the highest uh, rate of a credit card default. Now, rents are expensive here, very expensive. We're a small island. There's only so many accommodations. People would rather rent them out to tourists for 5000 6000 a week than for $1,000 a month to locals. So the locals are hurting. A lot of them didn't get paid because they couldn't work. We, you know, we're tourist town, bartenders, waitresses, and so forth. Uh, because of Irma, they were out of work for a month or two, and they didn't get any money. People are hurting down here. They were all Trump supporters initially. And guess what? They're still Trump supporters. They say he'll do it. Don't worry. He's going to change things. The Democrats are holding him up. To me, you know what that means? Forrest Gump was right. Stupid is as stupid does. Now, that's my show for this week. Very quickly, if you haven't bought Irma and Me, the book I wrote on the hurricane, please, it's the only book on the hurricane. It's not sad. It's humorous and sad at the same time. It's about what I did to get away from the hurricane, and it's fun. It's fun to read. It's selling like hell. i got to say it right now. I'm happy. I'm thrilled. But I want everyone to read it or more people read it. So, Irma and me, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. I do a live video once a day generally on Facebook, Key West Lou Live, two or three minutes. I rant and rave about the things I talked about here. If you're interested in this, watch me ranting and raving. Thank you for joining me tonight. I love doing this show for you people. Look forward to being with you next week.